Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, <laughs> we've got a great guest. This guest has been in near enough everything out there from Bat- Batwoman, Snowpiercer, Game Over Man on Netflix, Altered Carbon, Coffin Kareem on Netflix, and most recently, Ast- The Astronauts, which is on Nickelodeon. Uh, it's, of course, Garfield Wilson. Welcome to the show and Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you, too. Happy to be here. And how is everything your end uh, during this pandemic? Um, it is, it is, uh, it is a little stressful. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I think there's a large, uh, a large number of the population that are that are happy that the uh, that the vaccines are are uh, are being uh, doled out. Um, we have had a lot of new restrictions regarding uh, regarding what we can and can't do. Um, in, in terms of like going to the gym, uh, masks are now mandatory, which is great. So um, I think all in all, we're doing okay. But um, I, I will be happy once this this pandemic is over. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all will be. And uh, what's the arrangements this Christmas um, in in Canada, where 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 you are now? Because in the UK, literally for five days. They're letting the whole of the UK get together, which I think is kind of crazy. They're doing what? So basically, for five days, they're basically scrapping all the rules, and they're saying that three families can basically visit each other, stay over at each other's houses, and celebrate Christmas. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> you know what? Exactly. Since March, we have been tied down in a lockdown. We've been trying to prevent deaths and 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 people catching it and and passing it on. But yet, they just mm. decided at Christmas for I. You know what? I can understand partly. It's down to you know the mental health and and ov- obviously the year has been bad. But it's literally like stopping your antibiotics early because you're feeling a bit better. It's like you just don't do it. You need that, to run the course. That's a very good analogy. I mean, that 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 exa- that is. I couldn't have said it better. Um, I know that um, in Canada, uh, there are a lot of families, my family included, that are that are doing what they can to sort of make the sacrifice during the Christmas holidays and not see each other. My parents, who live in Edmonton, I'm in Vancouver on the west coast. They're mm. in another province over. Um, and my brother lives there with his wife. Uh, they won't be seeing my brother. They usually get together for Christmas dinner and gift sharing and the whole thing. My mom and dad are hunkering down, and my mom is making my dad take over all the big goods, drop it off at the door, and drive away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the extent that is- of the human interaction regarding my immediate family uh, in Edmonton. And then uh, for, for us, I mean, um, 
my ex-wife and I, we've actually kept our bubble really, really small uh, with her partner and my girlfriend and, uh, or her fiance rather, my girlfriend and their kids as well. We just kept it very, very small so that, um, so that we're safe, you know? We're not going to visit any families down in Seattle or in the interior of BC. We're just kind of keeping it really, really small as, as we, as we have been for months now. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You've got to keep yourself safe and you've got to keep all the loved ones uh, safe and, and, and protected. I mean, I'm a father of uh, three and I've got to say, you know, the stress and the pressure in the past year to keep them safe and to make sure, you know, they don't catch the virus is so stressful. So, uh, you know, it's great news about the vaccine. Um, the vaccine has started to um, to come out in the UK. Um, so fingers crossed, everyone will get that vaccine very soon and we can get back to normal and get back to conventions and, and people can go back to production in, in, in full swing because yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. got to be quite hard at the moment. I mean, how is, how is work at the moment in the way of the you know, TV and film industry compared to you know, before March? Well, it's uh, it, it was a really touch and go there for a while. I mean, March, April, May, June, July was who knows what's happening. I think towards the end of July, uh, productions started to come back, and we started get it, getting an influx of auditions. And the audition process was a lot different. Now it's one hundred percent self taping in, in your home and and setting your 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 home studio up in that regard to to submit your audition tapes. Um, I've been very fortunate to get back to set uh, to finish up the series, The Astronauts. And then I was uh, involved in a couple of other productions. And uh, my son, who's my middle, my middle, uh, my middle child, uh, has been on two productions as well. And what I can tell you is that they've got it down to a well-oiled machine now. Winning protocols. Uh, having the yellow and red zone so that they can minimize the amount of uh, crew members uh, being in one spot at the same time and then also protecting the cast members uh, at the same time as well. Uh, the PPE has been very, very good. Uh, and uh, they've got the COVID police or the COVID officials on set <laughs> just to make sure everything is dialed in. Um, it varies in degree in terms of... Um, in terms of uh, how productions are 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 handling their protocols, but it's pretty much the same. And I can tell you, I feel really safe on set. I mean, we get tested two to three times a week, um, and you, you know, everyone that that uh, works on a production doesn't want to be uh, the one that has put themselves at risk and put the production at risk. Uh, in terms of uh, contracting COVID-19. So when I get a gig or when I, if I'm on a gig, and if I'm not on a gig, but especially when I'm, when I'm booked on a gig, I keep my bubble extremely, extremely tight. I go shopping once a week to get my groceries and load up. <laughs> and uh, I keep it pretty boring. You know what I mean? I, I, uh, I don't go to any restaurants. I go to, go to the movie theaters. And I just make sure that I can continue working because I, <laughs> being – being unemployed as an actor and not knowing when the next production is going to come down the pike is uh, very disconcerting. But Garfield, you're a man of many talents. Um, you know, <laughs> not only you're an actor, singer, fitness trainer, champion bodybuilder, and you're a dad. 
I mean, is there anything that you cannot do, Garfield? Um, um, I struggle to do a, a proper pirouette. I really struggle with that. <laughs> but I'm sure if you put your mind to it, I'm sure that you could pull it off. <laughs> well, I, you know, that being said, I was on a production of uh, a Dream Girls at the Stanley Theater here in Vancouver. And I was part of the dance ensemble there. And I'm not a trained dancer. Uh, and I was surrounded by these, these dancers that have been doing it all their lives. And I can tell you that I speak in the language of one, two, three, four. I do not speak in the language of five, six, seven, eight. So <laughs> that was one of the toughest gigs I have ever had in my life. And, uh, and I did fake the pirouette because I did have to do five in a row. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's a difficult. My I tip my hat to all the amazing dancers that I've ever worked with or ever saw, saw on stage. <laughs> but but I'm sure you still keep yourself busy with all those hats uh, the the that you're wearing, being an actor and a singer. And talking about singing, uh, there was a lovely video on Instagram of you singing uh, "Imagine," uh, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, which I think oh. should be which should be this year's anthem. I, I, you know what? It's 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 a fantastic video. Um, so, is there any more like videos like that planned on Instagram and your social media popping up? Yes, yes, yes. There is. Um, I've got a, a buddy of mine. His name is AJ Devera, and uh, and uh, our drummer Brian. And we've done a Christmas sort of like medley with two songs. We've done uh, Carol the Bells and uh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. And my son, Jude Wilson, uh, is going to be editing that tomorrow night. And I'm hoping to drop that video either Thursday or Friday this week. And uh, you know you know all the videos that, uh, that some artists were doing during the lockdown? And they were doing videos via Zoom and they were doing those split screens. Um, if you go to my Instagram, we did a, we did a version of Fix You. Uh, and we're going to do the same type of thing. And my son edited that video as well, and I'm uh, I'm really happy with the way that turned out. Oh, did he? Because that's that that was an awesome song. That was absolutely awesome. Um, I really like that one. That was the one where it was split with someone playing the guitar and and yeah, 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 yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. We had we had some really positive feedback on that. You just never know how people are going to react, especially when you're doing cover tunes. I mean, Coldplay is such a such an awesome band and uh, you know uh, chris martin's a brilliant writer and that song is so emotional and uh oh yeah i thought that it was appropriate for the for the collective emotion of the of uh of our community at the time to 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 drop that definitely definitely so garfield you were born in england which i didn't realize and when yeah, i was reading I was. Up about you you yeah you was born in surrey in 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 England, which is right near Kent, uh, and at the age of six, you escaped. You left for Canada. How dare you? Um, you know, Surrey or Canada? Let me think. Surrey is nice. Uh, I mean, I I, I yeah. lived in Kent for over ten years, and now I live in Mansfield, which is Robin Hood country, um, which is near oh, Nottingham. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, how was that journey for you? I mean, at the age of six, going from Surrey to Canada, what an adventure that must have been. Well, let me just say, first of all, whenever I hear uh, a British accent, I get homesick, still today. Oh, so you. listening to you talk makes me, warms my heart, reminds me of my aunties and uh, my cousins and uh, 
uh, I can't wait to get back with my kids and, and have them uh, soak up the culture there. But leaving England at six years old was was a splash of cold water on the face. Literally, we landed in Thompson, Manitoba in the dead of winter. <laughs> and my, oh, my parents described, described us walking through the blistering cold and snow hitting our face, just weeping because we've never felt that kind of cold before. Um, and and just navigating school at that time. I mean, when you when you have a British accent, and you're small and you're six years old and all the other kids have Canadian accents, you really stick out. So um, we worked hard for a year to try to lose our accent and to try to, uh, <laughs> try, to try to coin phrases that made us sound Canadian. It took a little while. Um, but uh, it, it was a really, it was a really good transition to go from, uh, from Thompson, Manitoba to Edmonton and then ultimately to Vancouver, which is where I call home. Excellent. And I've got to say, there's a picture also on your social media, and I've got to mention it. If anyone gets a chance to go on your Instagram, go on it. Because I think it was in, in Instagram, there was a picture of you in high school and uh, with a wonderful hairdo. Um, <laughs> it, it is amazing, you know. Um, oh <laughs> Which hairdo? Because there's a couple. Are we talking about the Jerry Curl? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely curly. It was definitely curly. It reminded me a bit of, um, if, you know, if you watch Coming to America, you know, the guy oh, is really wow. looking after his hair, that sort of hair. And I, I'm very proud of you. That must have taken ages to, man, you know, maintain. So, you know, I kudos, you. kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you that I, I never felt freedom like I felt when I started losing my hair and I didn't have to maintain my hair anymore because my brother and I were probably the last brothers in Edmonton hanging on to the Jerry Curl when everyone else cut theirs. We were still like ruining our collars and messing up my mom's couch. Like, yeah. You were making it work, obviously. Obviously. So, so, so growing up in Canada, you know, there is a lot of amazing Canadian actors. And for some reason on my show, I'm attracting all Canadian actors from Alex Ponovic, who you, 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 you know, which uh, yeah. I've seen plenty of pictures of you, you and Alex, uh, Kim Coates and pe pe people like that. I mean, is the culture in Canada um, well catered for anyone that's wanting to get into acting? Um, it's, it's funny that you mentioned it because he's one of my dear, dear, dear friends. And he's somebody that I really admire in terms of his career trajectory and, and how he occupies space and how he is on set and how he is, um, just as a really <laughs> genuinely wonderful human being. I love him to death and love him dearly. And regarding, um, acting in Canada, I think that, you know, now more than ever, that hidden jewel of talent that is in Canada is becoming more and more well known um, because the the level of talent and uh, that that I've worked with comes directly from Toronto or the Prairies or here in Vancouver. Phenomenal. Um, and you know, I I I really um, uh, carved up my niche or or, or paid my dues in, with with a wonderful, wonderful uh, acting coach. Her name is Deb Podowski here in Vancouver. And she runs her, her, uh, her, uh, her acting school called Deb Podowski Acting. 
And mm. there are so many wonderful, uh, successful young actors from that class. And I just remember over the last six or seven years being in that class and literally crying or laughing and just feeling like I'm a fly on the wall. Just seeing some brilliant, brilliant performances from uh, from the students in her class who have, you know, some of them become some of my best friends. Uh, so the acting uh, pool talent in Canada is diverse and it is intense. I can tell you that. <laughs> I bet. And, and music for you was obviously a passion because you've done a lot with with singing i mean um i'm i'm re i'm reading here you've sung uh, back in for a canadian rock and blues singer and toured um with him as well i think um i haven't got his name down is it james colin uh colin james colin, colin james. james it was the right yeah. way round it was just the wrong way yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah so 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 you've also been a lead singer for a cover band uh, called ramses soul revival is yes. that right? Yes, that was back in Excellent. that was back in the late nineties. Yeah, mid to late nineties. That was that was when I still had hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, what made you move from music into acting then? Because music's got to. I mean, you toured Canada. It must 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 have been amazing for you. It was. Uh, I got to tell you, touring Canada with Colin James, who uh, I used to work at a record store. Um, Colin James first dropped this his debut album. That was a huge monster hit in, in, in Canada. And uh, he had this single, uh, Why July, that broke out into the US and he was doing talk shows and uh, he, was, he was really, really hitting it on all, on, all, on, all, uh, on all fronts. And to tour with him was like a dream come true as far as uh, touring with somebody that was amazingly talented and such a wonderful human being. And that was an amazing experience. And then, you know, I always wanted to be a singer and dancer. Like I grew up listening to Motown, uh, um, uh, reggae, Bob Marley, all of those musical giants. And uh, I actually thought I was going to be the next Michael Jackson when I was, when I was five <laughs> years old. So um, it's been a part of my life for a very, very long time. And I moved to Vancouver specifically uh, for music. And uh, I moved with a with with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of uh, musicians that were really good friends of mine, and it just didn't work out. You know, uh, the lifespan I heard later on of any band is like three years at max. Right. Like unless you unless you you really have something like the Rolling Stones or or Coldplay, where you can go off and do other things and come back and still be a band, or U two. Uh, which is a band I thoroughly, thoroughly love. Um, but we imploded. We, we, it didn't work out for us. I mean, all the stars have to align for you to be successful in the music industry or any of the arts for that matter. And uh, we had talent. We had some pretty good songs. But for whatever reason, the time we didn't work and we didn't hit it, hit it or somebody just didn't say yes. And, uh, and I just kept music in my life. And the transition from music to acting was literally a high school friend of mine who I was rooming with here in Vancouver that said, you know, you could get work on, on <laughs> Vancouver productions because a lot of those productions come from the U.S. And uh, to, make those, to make those productions authentic, they definitely need, need diversity. And you could fit that mold. And I was, you know, I played Judas and Jesus Christ Superstar. I was in Hair the following year, and I was really a movie buff. So I thought, you know, hey, I'll look in the classifieds. I'll see if there's an agent that I could that I could possibly uh, sign up with. And uh, long story short, an agent signed me up. 
and put me in acting classes to, to, to get my own camera stuff. And the rest is kind of history. It just worked out really well. Not to say, not to say it's been a smooth ride. Let me just, <laughs> let me just say that. This has been a journey and a half, let me tell you. <laughs> Well, 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 I can imagine. I mean, it's not going to be easy. I mean, they always say the road is paved with gold and uh, you'll get your big, big break. But, you know, it's 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 a lot of hard, hard work, I can imagine. And a lot of uh, guests that I've had on that 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 is in your line of work, they've said it's been hard. But do you know what? If you put the work in and, you know, you keep going forwards, you know, you never know down down the line. But I'm glad that Hollywood and 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 TV and and film is is definitely changing in the way of diverse diversity and inclusion. You know, Hollywood is yeah. change, change, changing, and I'm I'm glad of that. It's about time. It really oh really God. is. Well, if you look at the world, and 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 if you go like here in Vancouver and and in abroad, if you go out to a grocery stop, if you go to the movie theaters, if you go to festivals, if you go to conventions the population is so diverse from so mm. many different backgrounds and, uh, and, uh, and biracial families. And, and it's just so rich and it's really wonderful to see that depicted in film and television. Now I was just speaking to my son who him and I would just, we just geek out in terms of film and television. And uh, we're really into uh, the superhero genres like the Marvel universe. And then just yep. seeing those, 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 those stories come to life particularly when they are well, well done, like the Joker and Chris Nolan's Batman, uh, Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, obviously. And then, uh, and then the new Batman with Robert Pattinson that's coming out. And we talked about that. And it's funny you should mention diversity because we were talking about the fact that Commissioner Gordon is going to be played by Jeffrey Wright and that uh, Catwoman is Zoe Kravitz, which, you know, I think is perfect because I'm a huge fan of those, those two actors and they bring so much to their performances all the time and for hollywood to 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 land that story that is rich with characters and make it relevant and show what the world is today is a step in the very very good direction yeah and 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 funny you say that as well as batwoman you know yeah uh, the, they've got a brand new bat, 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 bat woman and she looks amazing and i cannot yeah. wait and 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 you starred in batwoman of course uh, <laughs> you know season one so what was so that, what was it like working on a dc show how 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 was, fun was that that was so much fun i mean i did i did um they 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 really really put a lot of work and, and time and thought into their stunts and the industry is driven by that in some respects but the character um was so was so rich I, I'm, I'm hoping that they bring that character back because they gave me so much information about where that character comes from and what his history is and 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 how he comes in and out of in and out of these cities, and it's just a hired gun. And that experience, working with wiring and working with the stunt coordinators, and working with Ruby Rose and the other actors, was really, really phenomenal. And I got to tell you, when I was uh, sitting in the cast chair and we're just waiting for our scene, and I'm sitting there with Ruby Rose, and she's got her Batwoman costume on. I was like, "This is dope. <laughs> this is really." Dope. <laughs> Please tell me you got a picture. Oh, I did oh. get a picture, and it is uh, <laughs> and it's funny because it, I, you know, the I, I got to tip my hat to wardrobe. 
because when you see it in real life, it looks amazing. But you just take a little picture on your iPhone and it just pops all the all the textures, all the colors and the lighting. It's just those costumes are meant to be put in pictures and ma- meant to be filmed because once you get the lighting on them, it just it's just brilliant. It looks amazing. And then, of course, not only did you star in Batwoman, but you starred in Arrow as well. Uh, so you're doing a bit of a tour of of, of the DC shows, which that is was, um, quite cool because you was part of Slade Slade Wilson's army in 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 awesome. Arrow. That was awesome. That was that was a great uh, that was a great experience. That was uh, that was about three or four days, and uh, just being on the soundstage and 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 again working with those with those actors and being at the table read and seeing those 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 amazingly talented actors in the flesh and then working with them and it, it, you know, the, it's a it's a team effort to be on those shows it really shows you not just one person although one or two or maybe a handful of people really shine in those productions but you can really see the hard work that comes from the ground up from set design to locations to director of photography to the wardrobe i mean so many elements are involved to make those shows great and uh it's nice to to, to, to be able to be involved in that yeah, so so you know when um, obviously you're working on on these DC shows. I mean, the community of actors are they quite close because they tend to literally all know each other and all work work with each other in some way or form. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, when you're on a series, when you get a recurring role, or if you're a series regular, um, I I hark. I think it. it, it it's very much aligned with being in a theater production. Like if you're on stage, mm-hmm. you just become a family. I remember doing dream girls um, at the Stanley theater and it was three months of like 12, 14 hour days with these people for three months. And you just get to know them so intimately. And with these shows on these DC shows, these characters have a journey, have an arc. And uh, you get to spend a lot of time with these actors and you get this chemistry happening. And uh, it, it's wonderful. I, it reminds me uh, of working on the astronauts. I mean, we were, we were done four episodes before we, got, we, were, we were shut down because of COVID. And then by the time we, we still kept on a WhatsApp chat or a text message chat uh, throughout that quarantine and throughout that lockdown and when we didn't know when we were going back to set, and we do, we're just communicating and just sending funny memes and uh, and helping each other out and just being in contact. By the time we got to set, it just felt like you're, and all, 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 you know, not only was it great to get back to set and get human interaction, but we had this chemistry from that relationship that, uh, that grew and it was amazing, you know. So let's talk about the astronauts because this is a show on Nickelodeon, and it's and from what I can see, it's not a standard sort of kid show. It seems a be you know the, the budget seems a lot more, and and it's look looks exciting. I tried to get my seven year old girl to watch it, and she. <laughs> She's a bit of a scaredy cat, to be honest. Unless it's car cartoon, she doesn't want to watch it. And I'm like, no, you need to watch it because I'm interviewing Garfield, that man there. But uh, unfortunately, she wouldn't, she wouldn't watch it. But if you could explain what the show is about and who you play in that show. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm really proud to be a part of that show. Uh, Nickelodeon 
really wanted to, to, to use this show and other shows like it to rebrand themselves so that they're not seen as just a kids program network. Um, and he partnered with Ron Howard's Imagine Entertainment. Uh, he was executive producer. He had a, a he had a, a hands-on approach to 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 how we approach the script, and, and uh, the set designs were they spared no expense, um, and they really put together a wonderful, wonderful cast. So I play uh, a widower named Niles Taylor. I have two children. I'm a computer engineer, and uh, and uh, work for this company called Helios. And it's a state-of-the-art company. We have a, an AI named Matilda. And Matilda is like Siri. She's involved in any, every aspect. She runs your car. She, she clap on, clap off with your phone and your music and everything. Uh, but she's also uh, running this, this ship uh, that we have, uh, we have designed to go on this mission for over a year to go out in space, check out this anomaly in space, and then come back to see if it's, if it's alien, if it's something that we can study. And these five kids, two of them which are my own, sneak onto the shuttle. Matilda loves that they're on the shuttle and locks it down, starts a countdown and sends them off into space. And basically the story is a coming of age of these children <laughs> while the grownups are down on earth, freaking out, trying to get these kids back home safely. That, that you know what that sounds awesome it doesn't even sound like a kid's show it could you know i i think all ages can watch it yeah yeah i really love the fact that it 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 it, it reminds me of like watching a spielberg movie like et or uh, oh, yeah. uh ready player one you know just a lot of adventure and the kids that are on the show that are that are playing these characters are wonderful wonderful actors the scripts the writing is amazing and they really want to land it in 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 truth, to make it feel like this could really happen, and they spared no no expense as far as the, the the special effects and the details of what it would be like to be in space and what mm. what what you would need to do to actually navigate being on a ship and all the all the things that could go wrong for these kids. And it's uh, the stakes are really high. I mean, like there are a lot of life and death situations during the episodes, and uh, I remember. Uh, my my girlfriend's son, who's nine, <laughs> she told me she he was watching the first couple of episodes and he couldn't sit still. He's standing on the couch. He's walking around because so it's it's a wonderful, wonderful journey. You know, we've we've had nothing but wonderful reviews from young and old. That is awesome. And when you're on set and you're looking at these kids that you're acting opposite. Um, does it make you more of a pushy dad towards Jude? Because how 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 old is Jude? Is he quite young or? No, my kids. Uh, I've got three children, and I've got a seventeen-year-old yep. daughter. Jude is fifteen, and then my my youngest daughter is twelve. And because I know, and because well, because not only that do I know the industry, but um, you know we've gone through our own journeys with our children as far as what they're what they're into uh, creatively. Uh, and what they're not into, and this industry can really prey, play on prey on your insecurities, your self confidence, and your self esteem. And so, what I try to do with Jude, and what I think we've been really successful at, is is landing it with authentic authenticity when he's doing his gigs, but not taking himself too seriously or taking the industry too seriously. And as long as he's having a good time with it, and he understands that this is just a creative process 
it doesn't it doesn't weigh in on what his self worth is and and what it means to get a gig or what to not get a gig. Um, then I think that we're doing a really really good job. The kids that, that are on the show um, for the astronauts are really really wonderful kids, and I and I and I tip my hat to their parents for for creating. Uh, such grounded individuals that are really at the top of their game because I believe everything that they're doing on screen. The wonderful thing about the theories or, or, or the unfortunate thing is that we never really got to work together because they're up in space. So their days on set were separate from ours. Right. And, uh, you know, and just seeing the finished product. And the only time we ever get to saw, see them was during the table reads when we ran we ran the episode from front to back with the director and the producers and just kind of you know got a vibe for the episode. But uh, seeing the finished product uh, on television, I'm super blown away by these kids. They're amazing. And do we know if there's going to be a second season, or are you making any more? Do you know, or can you not say? I- I would be shocked if there's not a second season. There's so much awesome. there's so much more that we could talk about. There's so much more that leaves you hanging and leaves a lot of questions unanswered by the end of this first season. Um, so I'm I'm very hopeful. I'm not gonna say it's a guarantee, but when <laughs> I know you will know. <laughs> and everyone will know. <laughs> so Garfield, you've been in so many things. Uh, looking at your IMDb, it's just incredible. Um, you know, what is what has been your favourite show or film to be on? Or is that like asking which, which child is your favourite? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which... <laughs> That's really close. What you just asked me is really close. I will tell you this. Um, I've had, I've had really good fortune working on some amazing products, projects and working with some amazingly talented actors and, 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 and directors. Um, I will tell you that I had a paradigm shift working with Elijah Wood and director Ant Timpson and uh, writer Toby Harvard on Come to Daddy. That was a very, very small on Tofino here in Canada. And, uh, that character was uh, was an evolution that I just created on my own, and uh, and working with Elijah Wood and you know my my kids uh, and uh, my ex wife and I we watched the Lord of the Rings front to back you know just devouring that that world and, and really going for a ride in in that journey and to work with him and to, to to discover that he is such an amazing human being and such a giving actor and to have that movie come out and land the way it did because i'm really proud of that movie i really i love watching the movie and to be involved in it and to have that scene was uh was really special for me and it really it really set the tone for for the uh for the other projects that i had going forward you know that's awesome. And is is uh, Elijah Wood bigger in real life? <laughs> because, he's, because because he's small, isn't he? In Lord of the Rings, did you like think, wow, he's actually quite big? Yeah, yeah he's 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 taller than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> so so when we talk about auditions, because because all, all auditions can 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 be one of those things that. You know, we, you get a lot, lot of rejection, but then you get the opportunity to have have some amazing experiences. How do you find auditioning, and what's been the most memorable audition that you've been through? Oof. Um, 
let me think. I auditions uh, are are a special kind of beast. And three years ago, I think it's three and a half years ago, and this is definitely in line with uh, working with Deb Podowski, is that I had a paradigm shift in terms of what I believe acting was. And for me, going into an audition, <laughs> I never ever have this sense that I'm going into audition for a role. I really just look at everything that they give me as far as the character breakdowns, the storylines, anything that they send me, I'm gonna read front, back, sideways, up and down, all the way through to understand what the conversation is. Do you know what I mean? You know when you're reading yeah. a good book, or read a good novel, or you read a snippet from a scene, and you just really enjoy the story? Imagine reading um, that last scene in, in uh, Pulp Fiction where Bruce Willis' character goes down uh, into the basement, and that final scene, like that's a really heavy scene. Or pick any favorite movie or mm. television show and just pick any scene uh, or a book, and you just kind of like become a fly on the wall. And that's what I try to create for myself when I'm doing uh, preparations for an audition. So when I go in to do an audition, I judge it by whether or not it's a good conversation. And I, and I plant myself in that character and I land myself as best I can and just be in that conversation. And that, and that takes me actively, like it makes me actively take my head out of my ass <laughs> and, and not be an actor and not be a performer. I'm just in the conversation. Like this right now is an awesome conversation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll leave yeah. the interview thinking that I had just a great conversation and then you can go on to have the next conversation, right? So with that, I've been able to land so many gigs that on paper, you know, I'm just, it, it doesn't actually, I, I, you know, being tall, muscular, you know, uh, diversity and all that stuff. What they send to me in the breakdown doesn't actually, you know, if you were looking at what you would think that character would look like, I don't fit it. And I really uh, have deep gratitude for my agent for for taking chances on me with those roles. And I just land myself in the conversation and, and it's been successful for me, you know? Um, and for the most, I think the, the, the most impactful uh, audition to date, I think, was my audition for the astronauts, you know, uh, for Dean, uh, as, uh, is uh, I can't remember his last name. Just he's gonna kill me when I when I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> he's the executive producer and the director of a multitude of our of our episodes. And so I came in and I had uh, I had a button down. I had a tie. I had my glasses on, and uh, and I had an idea for what this character now Taylor was gonna be. And it was a scene where our kids get launched into space, and I didn't realize that. And now I'm freaking out. And I leave the audition. And I'm about to go downstairs and, and leave. And I go to the washroom, I come back out, and the assistant's there, oh my God, you're still here. They want you to go back up and, and, and do another scene or do another audition. And I go back up and uh, I get back in the room and Dean basically paints this wonderful picture for me. Because when you go into an audition room, it's pretty sterile. All you have is a chair, you have a camera, you have people behind a desk, and they say go. And what he did for me was he said, okay, you, you're a widower, you have you have your two kids who work 50 hours a week and you've done like probably nine hours already with three hours to go you're tired and all of a sudden on this big screen above your computer you see your daughter and 
this could be the last time you see her go. And then I was like, whoa, that lands itself for me. And mm. I, I think my three kids and, uh, and I had good fortune and I booked the role and it's been an amazing experience. That is wonderful, especially when an an audition works out. I mean, I've just got a vision of a waiting room of everyone in this room waiting to audition for the same role, uh, you know, like with their clipboards, look, looking at each other, staring each other out, going, you're right, how you doing? Like this and, and, and trying to eye, eye, eye each other up, thinking, you know, he's all right, he won't get the role. But, but no, does it? <laughs> yeah, that sometimes happens. When you go into a room, uh, sometimes people can be really chatty and they, you know, have nervous energy or they 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 have, you know, they, they distract you from what you're doing. I usually find the furthest spot in the audition room <laughs> and and don't talk to anybody. Or what I always love to do is if my call time was like say 1 p.m., I would show up at 12.55, like right before my audition. And if they were behind, I would go back outside. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Survival techniques in this business, my friend. <laughs> so so um, from one father to another, I wanted to touch on this sub subject because I, I, I've got kids and I've got to say, bring, bringing, bringing up kids can be the hardest job in the world. Not only with the challenges that we face in the way of work and stress and having to deal with their tantrums, but also, you know, the, the, out, the outside world. And it's truly in, in, inspirational to hear the journey that your daughter, True, has gone through. And, yes. you know, from, from, from a father's point of view as well, how was that journey? If you can just explain uh, a bit about that journey and what journey your daughter went through, which I think is incredible. Yes. Well, uh, you know, as you know, my, my oldest daughter, True, is transgender. She's 17 years old. Um, she transitioned when she was nine years old. And uh, it, was, it was a journey and a half. And it was, it was, it was something that, um, that I'm very grateful for. And uh, she is really uh, my hero because at nine years old, I was not that self-aware. I was not as articulate. And um, I don't know how I would have broached that subject with my parents to express myself as, as distinctly as she did. And so we did as much as we could to, um, to uh, invest in therapies sessions and to 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 talk to experts we uh sought out a, a child psychologist who specializes in gender variance and went through all of the all of the necessary steps to find out where true was on the spectrum of gender variance um whether she's on the 20th percentile or the 90th percentile and we discovered that she was 90 plus on the spectrum and uh and it's just if i can just say that it was just one foot in front of the other and just finding those 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 moments of clarity and then i can't stress enough how important it was for us as a family to have our therapists which we still have today to create that safe emotional space for us to to really uh express our fears and anxieties and to 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 really have the tools necessary to navigate this journey and support you as best as we can and it, and it showed us showed me in particular what it means to to unconditionally love your child and uh, that's been the greatest gift for me 
That is fantastic, and and that that that's a thing. Unconditional love. I mean, my my two little girls. You know what? I'm behind them 100%. Whatever direction they 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 want to go in, and uh, uh, Lois, my seven year old, she's going through the stage where boys on the plague playground thinks think it's funny to 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 call, call you know call a gay or or a lesbian or or something like that, yeah. and, and you think kids yeah. you know at seven year, year years old are still using these terms to try and bring someone down. When do you know what? I've taught my daughters to celebrate whatever di- direction, whatever love. Love hasn't got a gender. And um, do you know what? I'm I I I'm by my girls 100% as long as they're happy. But I've got to say, it's got it, it must must have been really, really hard for you to to sort of go through that as as a father, seeing the potential challenges for true, and you being that sort of. Pre- protective father you know yeah how 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 did you deal with the challenges that way well you know it's first of all i want to say uh bless you for everything that you said because uh there's there's i'm, I'm hoping that the population grows in terms of that sentiment and that attitude mm-hmm. towards uh the lgbtq community and just humanity at large um and you know to be honest with you um the journey was was difficult for 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 my for my ex-wife and I, uh, in terms of, of of reconciling with our own fears, because at the time that Shu came out as in tra- as transgender, there weren't a lot of role models uh, to 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 show her that this this is actually something that is normalized. You know, at the time, um, you know, you have Ellen DeGeneres and you have all these different. Uh, uh, figures and icons and role models in the gay community but uh, very few that are transgender that are out and that are that are that are um, that can be examples for her to, to to follow and so she actually trailblazed a lot of that and for for me i was really um i'm a very very protective father um and what i had learned um through therapy and going through to these uh, different conferences, Gender Odyssey Conference, which is a transgender conference uh, that was going on in Seattle for, for, for many, many years, is, is, to, is to really acknowledge my own fears, my own biases, and my own, uh, my own ignorance, and, uh, and, and, and to, to clearly identify where my, where my weaknesses were. And then once I acknowledge those weaknesses and those, and those, and those fears and that ignorance, I could go forward and have the tools necessary to to navigate those and be 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 a really positive support for my child and for my other two children, you know, and set an example. And since then, have been on so many different parent parent panels and uh, advising um, parents that are just embarking on this journey for the first time and knowing and being familiar with that deer in the headlights kind of look and that how they occupy space and you know it, it really it really boils down to um understanding your truth and understanding your child and understanding that being a parent for me uh the discovery that it is not about my my goals and aspirations of my child for my child you know you can be a father you you know uh, mothers and fathers wish for their child what they never had 
And so they sort of like project their own <laughs> dreams and, and aspirations on their yeah. children, what they want for their children. And more times than not, those are not the, the child's dreams. <laughs> those are not, that's not what they want to do or desire to do or, or what, is, what is their truth. And understanding that and, and creating an environment and a, and a sanctuary for my children to, to discover that for themselves has been the ultimate gift for me and it's made me a better father for sure. That is awesome. That is absolutely all, all, all awesome. And all we can do is be the best dads we can 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 be. And as well as children learn, we learn as parents every single day. Um, yes. And yes. <laughs> so uh, before we uh, wrap up this wonderful interview, um, how are you going to be celebrating the holidays? We 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 call it Christmas o- over here in Canada <laughs> in America. They call it Happy Holidays or. Or, or whatever think, you'd like you know, to call it. I like. I grew up calling it Christmas, and uh, and um, and that's what that's what we call it. Merry Christmas, and Excellent. how we're celebrating it. Thank thank God that we are all together. We're all healthy. Um, uh, my ex wife and I literally live two minutes away from each other. So um, on Christmas morning, we're going to be exchanging gifts, uh, and then we just kind of like go off with, uh, I have the kids Christmas Eve, she has the kids uh, Christmas uh, evening, and uh, it's it's just a lot of laughs, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of Christmas movies, a lot of candy. <laughs> and a lot of food, you know, uh, unfortunately, because of because of the pandemic, uh, there, aren't, there aren't a lot of places to go. There are not a lot of shows to go see. Usually we would go, you know, um, to see the lights, at the Van Dusen Gardens, or you know, uh, go to other events that are going on, like ballet or, or a show like mm-hmm. that. But this year is going to be uh, a bit more quiet than previous years. But uh, I'm really, really grateful and thankful that we're all together. Excellent. And uh, talking about Christmas movies, um, this oh, wow. this is a com- com- conversation I have on uh, because obviously you were in a Chris Christmas movie movie yourself. Um, yes, I was. Which I saw. Yeah. Please say you kept that suit. The, the oh my gosh! You, <laughs> you know, a that, lot of people ask about <laughs> <laughs> that. That is an excellent suit. I tell you what, you should be wearing it every single day for the month of December. You know, you you yeah. you've got to rock that suit. Um, but no. So <laughs> traditionally, uh, people talk about uh, films being Christmas movies. Me. I think Christmas movies are movies like Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Um, what is your view? Do you think Die Hard and Die Hard 2 are Christmas movies? Absolutely, 100%. Last week, yes. my kids and I sat down and watched Die Hard and had a blast. That is such an awesome, awesome movie. Awesome movie. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm having a brain fart. Who is Alan Rickman? Is it Alan Rickman? Who it is played? Alan Rickman. Yep. Snape, uh, think of Snape from Harry Potter. Iconic, iconic performance, yeah. and my kids love. It. Yeah, it was great. That's a gr- that is definitely a holiday movie for sure. Yeah, because I had William Sadler on the show a couple of weeks ago that plays Colonel Stewart in Die Hard Two, the bad guy in Die Hard Two, and yes, um, yeah. I I even asked him the question, and he was like, mm, "Well, I don't know." And I said, "Well, the end song 
is uh, when the weather outside is frightful. You know, the the song at the end. So it's got to be a Christmas, a Christmas movie. Um, but no, thank you so much for this wonderful time, Gar- Gar- Garfield. Where can we see you next? What is coming out next? Next for you? I know the ah. astronauts is on every Friday. Um, yes, on it is. Channels it in, is. in the states. Yes, uh, Virgin River, which just released on Netflix. Yes, uh, this season. Uh, I'm in episodes five and six. That was a wonderful, wonderful uh, show to be on. And uh, I just wrapped on a new project coming out on Apple uh, Apple TV. Uh, I think it's going to be called Schmigadoon, and it stars Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live, Keegan Michael Key from uh, Key and Peele. Uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful human beings. Uh, and it's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, uh, executive produced by Cecily Strong and Lauren Michaels. That is going to be an amazing, amazing show. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, and then in um, early January, I, uh, I have a guest starring role in the first episode of Riverdale to start their fifth season. That was wonderful. So that episode is called Climax. Check it out. And then, yeah. um, and then, Next year, I did a last year around this time uh, for a best-selling novel called One of Us is Lying. And uh, that got picked up for eight episodes uh, by the new NBC streaming service, Peacock. So I can't wait to, 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 to hear what's going to happen with those eight episodes. They're writing them right now. I'm not sure what's going to happen as far as when they're going to take us to camera, but I can't wait for that one to start. That's going to be a great show. Garfield, you need time off at Christmas. You are way too busy. You've literally got literally probably a couple of years worth of stuff stuff there. That is that that is awesome. And and Apple TV do amazing shows, I've got to say. I think I think they do awesome shows. And how can people follow you on Instagram and Twitter and social media? Yes, yes, on Instagram. Uh check me out at Garfield A. Wilson and on Twitter at garfield wilson please follow me uh please send me hello and comment i would love to hear from you garfield you've been a great guest this has been absolutely great fun have a wonderful oh christmas and a new you year too, my friend. you, you yeah. don't get boxing day i presume uh so it's just one day yeah. that you celebrate a Chris christmas or do you get a boxing day oh we do get a boxing day we do get a boxing do you? day yes Yes, we do. Oh, yes, that, we do. Th- that must be a Canadian thing then, because the States, they don't have Boxing Day, do they? They have Christmas Day and then straight back to work the next yeah. day. It's crazy. I don't know how you do that. I would never do that. <laughs> it's all right. Can- Canadians are close to, uh, you know, English anyway because of the Queen. And so that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, Garfield, look after yourself, my friend. You too, my friend. All the best to you and your family in the year. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share it with your super friends. My world, let me talk.